Welcome back, everyone, to Power Word Crit. I am your Dungeon Master, Corin, and today with me are... I'm Kayla, and I'm playing Celestine Peacechild. I'm Ander, and I would formerly played Kurt. Um, unfortunately, he perished last game. So um, sad. Yeah, it, it's a thing. Um, and so Is I... still not over it? <laughs> yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I mean, th- there's a lot of history there. It's true. Um, and so I w- we will be introducing a new character today, Wesley Eldridge, who we will meet later in the episode. And I am Ashlyn, and I am playing Izzy Welkinmov. And David, unfortunately, couldn't be with us today. We miss him, and we, we promise that he will be here next episode. Just to recap. Last episode continued the fight at the Sanctuary of Chantea. Uh, it got really dire for a moment there. The party got split, and then... Things happened, and unfortunately, we lost Kurt. We also lost audio. We also lost yeah audio, <laughs> which is unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, it was about yeah halfway through or so, and we just realized that it was just like, oh no, it stopped recording, yeah. and like at a really critical point. Mm-hmm. It was very saddening. It really was. Yep. I think that's why Kurt's death may be even more depressed. <laughs> right. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> off camera. Yeah, unfortunately, we missed the first two fails and we realized right before the third fail. Unfortunately, we lost Kurt in the foray. But fortunately, Usarker managed to persuade the people inside the sanctuary that it was safe to come out and quickly, they once they, you know, unbarricaded the doors inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they quickly came to your guys' aid uh, and was able to save Izzy and Celestine. They took care of the Dragon Claw for you. But unfortunately, they could not save Kurt. You guys then made it back to the keep, to which Governor Nighthill uh, opened up the doors for you guys. And that is where we will begin. And there is also no Madame Mondoff and her followers in front of the keep anymore, right? Correct. The siege, there's there's nobody in front of the keep at all. Interesting. Yeah. We had seen them kind of walk, uh, marching off into the distance, I think. Yes. Well, we saw a small group of them. I don't know if we saw all of them. Can't remember now. It was torches in the night. It's dark. It's true. <laughs> you saw people going to the southeast. That's all you really know. Uh, Governor Nighthill is limping. His hair is frizzled because he got hit by some lightning blast. He goes, you made it. You made it. Did, did how, how many were in there? Were you able to save them all? I'm looking back at the ragtag group we've got back there and like, I'm not sure how many they're worth to begin with. So, um, this many. Yeah. And there's about 40 to 50 people behind you. This many. <laughs> we, we, we did lose one though. Who, who, who did we lose? Kurt. Our, our partner, our adventuring partner. I, oh no. I, I am so sorry. And like, we're carrying his body <laughs> into the key. He, he looks, he looks down at the, the body and he goes, oh no, I am, I am so, so sorry. And Izzy's just crying. He, uh, he beckons over to one of the guards and says, go, go get a clean cloth. We'll wrap him up, and we'll we'll take care of him. We'll take care of his body. 
if I could speak to you about that, sir, I'd, I'd really appreciate it. Of, of course, of course. Everybody, everybody, please, please come inside. We have food, we have provisions. Please, um... And at that moment, you see a woman step forward and she goes, Tarba, Tarba, you're okay. And he goes, oh, thank goodness, Aaron, you're okay. And you, they embrace and you assume that this is his wife. I was afraid he was going to ask if his wife was okay. I was going to look back and go, I have um, no idea, sir. Which one is she? <laughs> I got 50 people here. I'm assuming it's not the male, but I don't know. So as, you, as the procession goes into the keep, the door shut behind you and you notice that a lot of able-bodied people are grabbing weapons and they look to be sectioning off into groups of like 20 or 30 people. And he says, uh, I will speak to you in just a moment, Izzy. I'm sorry, but I- I'm sending out troops to try and take back the city. We have enough people now. We've regrouped. Um, g- give me just a moment. I apologize. That- that's okay. Thank you. And so this this starts to happen. They they open the door and then a group goes out and then they shut it. And these groups of 20 or 30 people just start going into the town to take back the town. Nice. At this point, it's been about 30 minutes or so that they've been able to shepherd everybody into rooms, get medical care if they need it, um, food if they need it. And the governor approaches you as he and says, what, what may we do for you? So... Is it possible to send Kurt's body back to his family in El Terrell? And I'd also like to send a letter uh, with his body to tell his family what happened. Of course, of course. Uh, uh, Escobar. And you see the dwarf. Just He just kind of randomly pops up. Mm-hmm. You're not entirely sure where he comes from, but he just seems to know whenever his voice or whenever his name is said. He just shows up. He's a good Castellan. He he knows when his lord needs him. Yes, indeed. He goes, yes, yes, sir. Please, please get this woman some some paper and some ink and uh, as much as you can find. He goes, yes, sir. And then he uh, skitters off to go find find you some provisions. And while he's doing that, Izzy will kind of just wipe the tears from her eyes and start to think what she's, how she's going to say this to uh the man who basically raised Kurt when his own parents passed away and how he's going to explain to uh, his aunt Deidre who loved Kurt as if she he was her one of her own sons and just trying to control uh, my emotions and how I'm going to basically break their hearts with this information and especially if I since I don't have any good news about Jaden but I will formulate what I'm going to write to them as I wait for uh, Castellan Escobar to return. Alright it takes a few minutes and uh, Escobar does return and he gives you a stack of about 20 pieces of paper and he says this this is all we have right now we have very very little ink but if you if you need maybe Magic ink. I, maybe we could find somebody. I th- I think this is, should be plenty. It's not going to be a very long message, but thank you, thank yeah. you so much. Let let me know if you need anything else. And and you can see that they are, they've put you know Kurt down with the rest of the. You see that there is a corner full of sheets. They kind of put him off a little bit to the side, so he's he's still in the group. So people know that you know this is unfortunately a deposit of bodies. 
but they do put a sheet over him, and it looks like it's a very crisp white sheet. Okay. Izzy will take the next 20 minutes writing this letter, and she might use a couple of uh, sheets as she tries to pen out her thoughts and keeps changing her mind on what things to say. But the eventual letter is addressed to Master Malachi and Madame Deidre Prazio. And it reads, By the time you receive this letter, I'm sure you'll have heard about the attack on Greenest by Dragon Cultus. Kurt and I did our best to fight against these villains to help rescue the townspeople, but at the cost of Kurt's life. I know it is a small comfort, but please know that he fought bravely to the last moment. He was instrumental in rescuing dozens of innocent people who were trapped by the cultists in a sanctuary of Shantea. I've arranged to have Kurt's body sent back to El Terrell for proper burial rites. I wish I could be there in person to share your grief, but Jaden is still missing. I know this news must be difficult for your family, losing your nephew while your son's fate remains uncertain. But know that I will do all within my power to find Jaden and bring him safely back home. My deepest condolences. And it's signed, Isidore Aliana Welkenmoth. Celestine, what are you doing during this time? Um, so... Celestine is well aware of what Izzy's going through. Um, it seems that Izzy just needs time to herself, though. She's, she's not going to impose on Izzy, although she will let Izzy know that she's there if she needs her. Um, and she's Thank probably you. going to help clean up, like, clean Kurt up and get him ready for when he travels. No one wants to, uh, see their nephew come home with blood all over them, so. Yeah, and they let you do that. They let you start taking care of this body as you see fit. Um, and now, go ahead. And as soon as, if the priests here don't, as soon as morning comes and I've had time to rest and prepare a slip bell, which, given the rate we're going, is going to be forever, but whatever. Hey, <laughs> um, this has all been one night. I can prepare <laughs> Spare the Dying so that he will make it pristinely home. So. Oh, yeah. That's a thing. I like Spare the Dying. <laughs> I forgot that can work on someone who's already dead as far as, like, yep. preserving the body. Yep. Mm-hmm. Ten, and they will not come back from the dead for just ten days it's active, I think. Seven days, something like that. So Nice. Yep. That's very good. You don't want him coming Those back. I just don't come back as a zombie. Yeah. <laughs> Those pesky necromancers that just litter uh, the, the fields of greenness. If I were a zombie, I would be very sad. There's a, there's a couple of adventures that have happened where, uh, you know, if you don't bury the dead properly... Um, you know, and deep enough, they kind of come back. So oh, that, if you don't would, bury yeah. the dead, the dead come to bury you. Yeah, that, yeah, that sums it up. That would be that's, a heck of a surprise a to to run into Kurt again. Oh my gosh, as a zombie, Kurt. Oh no, <laughs> that would be very yes, interesting. In the morning, uh, Celestine, as you're as you're cleaning the body, um, you see a. A young, younger girl. She looks about to be 18 or 19. She comes out of the room that you remember where they took Usarker uh, when he was unconscious. Uh, and she's looking around and she's look, looking extremely, extremely panicked. And she's like, help, please. Somebody, somebody help, please. I, I don't know what's wrong with him. Please. I'm going to quickly, I'm going to put my stuff down and go over and what's, what's the matter? Uh, my, my friend, I... Uh, he 
He was- I found him unconscious and when I brought him to the keep, but every once in a while he kind of- he kind of twitches, but he's- he- but just come here, please. Please. Okay, we're gonna- in my mind, I'm like, okay, we're gonna hope he's alive, but, you know, in my mind, I'm like, dead people can twitch. We'll see. <laughs> so, uh, she, she quickly leads you in there, and you can tell that she has pretty much not left this room. Also, just so you guys know, the keep, there are portions destroyed of this wall. Oh, it gosh. is still, it's, there oh. is still a wall, but, uh, There's also sky. There are huge chunks of just rock that fell inward when, you know, Lenithan started mm-hmm. attacking. And so there's like huge cracks in the, the center of the, the keep that like the foundation is cracked itself. Ooh, it's going to be a major, major uh, project after. Yeah. So like there's there's sections of the keep itself that it's like, well, you can get up this way and you can get up on the other side, but you can't go across because there's uh... just a chunk missing. Uh, it's still fortifiable. It's just a mess. Yeah, it's a bit of a parkour challenge. Yep. To get around. <laughs> yep. So she she leads you around some of the chunks that people are trying to move away, and she leads you inside. And you you walk in and you see that there are some makeshift beds. There's about five on each side. And Usarka was on the one on the very, the very end. If you're looking into the room, it was on the right. Mm-hmm. And you see someone uh, on the third bed, on the left. Uh, the third furthest away. Okay. And it looks to be a young man. And he... He is twitching. And his eyes are open. Oh, okay. They are they are open so wide that you're he's, kind he's of... not dead. Okay, got it. Very well... <laughs> he's twitching. Um, I'm assuming the eyeballs are slightly moving a little bit. Uh, Maybe you, that's a bad assumption to make. Yeah, so okay, I'll get to, I'll get closer. You would have to get closer. I get closer. So you get closer to him, and you see that yes, his his chest is moving up and down, but it's very shallow. It's very quick, and this girl says, "Please, can can you take a look at him? He was he was cold, and now he's and now he's burning up. I don't I don't know what's wrong with him." Um. Yeah, I'm taking charge, and what what on earth is wrong with this fella? All right, go ahead and do a medicine check. 23. All right, so... I rolled really well on that one. Yeah. Which is good, because I am very curious. What is wrong? That, that is well very for good. the night. So, so you take a look at him, and you start you start touching him, and this, he is hot. Like, almost, you stick your hand on a, on a gas burner hot. Like, he's on fire. That's not healthy. So, or is that normal? Nope. So as you as you touch him, all of a sudden, you see his eyes look at you. And then we're going to fade to black. And we're actually going to go back in time a little bit. We're going to go back in time to just a little bit before sunset. Mm-hmm. The sun is close to setting. Uh, people are milling about. Uh, and we, we kind of close in on a shop. You see the keep in the background. The shop is fairly close to the keep. And we we go inside the shop and we see a young man who is finishing bagging some items for a customer. The customer hands over some coin and says thank you and walks out. An older man, after a few moments, uh, comes out from the back room and puts his hand on, on the shoulder of this young man and says, Son, I'm proud of you. 
carrying on the family business. You're, you're going to be great, son. Ander, please describe your new character. So, as the camera turns and, and sees this young man, um, he, he is only a, a little bit older, a little bit taller than his father, um, who is not a tall man. And he, but he is you know, thin of frame, um, and he has the shock of red hair that is, is bright and fiery and you know, cur- curls down to about his ears. Um, he is neatly dressed, but wears long sleeves um, and, and even gloves and a high collar and a scarf, even though it doesn't appear to be very warm in this area, uh, very cold in this area at this time. And he has sharp green eyes and he has a rakish grin every once in a while, although he seems to be the humble shopkeeper's son at the moment and the, the good son. Yes, thank thank you, Father. I'm trying to do my best. You know how it is. I I know you will. How about tonight? How about I let you close up? And he, and he kind of jingles the keys in front of you and hands it over. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure everything's swept and tidied and everything like that. Um, I, I, I know how important that is to get things ready for the next day. Um, I won't let you down. He, uh, he kind of wipes his eye a little bit. You see kind of a tear. He's, he looks like he's very, very proud of you. And he kind of ruffles your hair and, you know, kisses uh, your cheek and says, Oh, stop it, Dad. <laughs> oh, you, you may be an adult now, but you are still my son. And he, uh, he, he cleans up a few more things before he leaves and he, he waves off to you and says, I'll, I'll see you at dinner tonight. Don't be too long now. So yeah, I, I wait a few moments and, you know, as looking as my father walks out of the shop and things and I, 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 yeah, I, I've, I've been at this for a bit and I, I know how to do things very quickly and efficiently to be able to get things done as, as fast as I can, because I have a specific activity in mind that I need the time for myself. And after having gotten everything done in a matter of five minutes, because I had you know, been doing small things to get things ready beforehand, I reach underneath the cap counter and pull out a violin and tenderly raise it up and begin to play a melody. And it starts slow and then speeds up and speeds up. And as I play, sparks and um, sparkles and things come off from the violin and things. And I begin dancing and around the various displays and such. Um, and this is something that you can see he's very passionate about and very enjoys. And he's not the most talented um but he's pretty good you uh start playing your violin and you see uh the magic flowing around you and it's it's a joyous time and you kind of lose track of time by the time you uh you come back from feeling the music uh you hear the sounds of running and you hear the sounds of screaming outside the door at first it was really faint but as you start to listen to it, you realize it's getting closer and closer. So this happens like 
just as in like the middle of a, a melody and he stops and cuts off and then things kind of fade around and look out the window. What, what's what's going on? So you see um, a group of people running away and uh, like the, the children with them are crying and they're trying to keep up, but they're uh, they're slowing down and you see a man, pick, uh, you know, bend over, pick up a child and keep going. And then you see these dragon, these small little dragon things running around going, hey, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. And you recognize them as kobolds. Kobolds don't normally come to Green Nest. Yeah, I, I think Wesley is, he's just shocked at this. He had no idea, no expectation of this, and is frozen. Uh, just as, uh, just as you see this group walk by, you hear right above your head, and you look up, and you see a four-legged dragon creature hissing at you, and then you also see five more kobolds go, hey. Hey, he found he found a shop. Let's go check inside. And you were immediately rushed by what looks to be, uh, as the listeners now know, is an ambush drake as it jumps right in front of you and five kobolds start uh, heading towards you. And you cannot get out. You are trapped yeah. inside. What do you do? The, the drake lands down in front. Right in front of you. Yep. Okay. Shut the door in its face. Yeah. I'm serious. So yeah, I think it depends that's the, on the that's door. It if it's glass, you're screwed. Hopefully, it's wood. <laughs> so I back into the shop and shut the door as quick as I can. All right, I'm gonna need you to make a dexterity check. <laughs> huh. I, I I could probably do that. Ooh. Are you more dexterous than Celestine is? Uh, I mean, the, Celestine's. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a high bar, right? <laughs> no, no, it's not. <laughs> With your how negative? So. <laughs> negative two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I have a positive two. Um, Much better. Oh, and yes. And I rolled an eight, so we're at a ten. Dead average. Okay. Well, you managed to beat the ambush drake. <laughs> and so you managed to slam this door in front of the ambush drake's face. Oh. However, it's starting to bang against this door. Along with five, or I guess ten, ten clawed hands trying to get into this door. Uh, what do you I'm, do? I'm going to... Uh, you know, le- lean up against the door and look around the shop to see if I can find something big and heavy to put up against the door. Um, there, There's a, a couple displays that I, I, I see nearby, but I think they're probably full of glass and things that I don't necessarily want to push down. Go ahead and do a quick investigation check. The door at this point is starting to splinter because this drake is actually very heavy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that is a total of 20. All right, so you managed to find... Um, a long pole that is usually used to like, uh, it, it, it's the the candle lighting pole. Yeah, it's the candle um, lighting pole. You know, to get those high chandelier lights. You see that? You actually do see like a couple hose in the back. Uh, you see a couple shovels that you could easily use as an improvised weapon. So there are some things, uh, but the uh, the candle lighter that you were talking mm-hmm. about that would probably give you about ten foot reach. Uh, what do you do? Um, I want to try and uh, bar that uh, across the door to be able to try and block it. Uh, okay. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead and do another dexterity check to see if you can do that before they do. 16. All right. You managed to do that. Um, 
it looks like it's going to hold for maybe a few more um, hits, but the door is starting to crack, and this thing is wood. So, what do you do? You're you're essentially trapped in here as they're trying to break in. Okay. Um, I think that seeing this, I steal myself and try and reach down deep inside. I've done this before. Think, think. And I think the camera zooms in real close on him and he, you see on his face and around him a a slight glow um, and his eyes light with fire. I'm preparing a spell for when they open the door. All right. So you hear boom, boom, crack, boom, crack, 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 crack. And the door shatters and the the pole that you put in, in the way also snaps. And this ambush drake comes in and starts lunging at you. Um, as it leaps into the air, I want to cast Firebolt. Okay. Um, so nice. From my eyes and nostrils and mouth, we see this burst of fire. Um, is that a ranged attack or is that a, a saving throw? The ranged spell attack. Okay, go ahead. Total of 21. That hits. Go ahead and roll damage. Uh, that is going to be four fire damage. All right. So the ambush, uh, the, the drake uh, kind of hisses in pain and then immediately lunges at you again. Um, and it's going to... It's going to try and shove you back. So this would be a contested strength, right? Yeah, and I am not very strong. Oh, and I didn't roll very great either. What'd you get? <laughs> uh, so I rolled a four, and I have a minus one strength. Uh, so <laughs> I have three. <laughs> it also rolled a four, but it has a plus one, so it rolled oh, a no. five. <laughs> So it manages to shove you, and it doesn't quite knock you prone, but it shoves you back, and these five kobolds just start ransacking the place. Um, no, stop, stop. What, what are you doing? Get out. Shut up. Shut up, young youngster. This has nothing to do with you. And they just start grabbing the glass. They start grabbing shiny things. They start grabbing other things. And then you see one of them grab an object with three gold bands around it. Um, and at that, my heart just goes cold. And then it goes blazing hot. Um, what do you do? <laughs> that, I cannot let that leave the shop. Um, it is something that my family has guarded for generations. And just yesterday, on my 18th birthday, I had been in a somewhat elaborate ritual been bestowed as the keeper of said object Um, it is a um, what looks to be a large tooth um, about like the length of a forearm Um, and it has many carvings on it and as you said is wrapped by these three golden rings and with that the fires within rage out and I cast another spell okay I'm going to cast Sword Burst. Okay. And this is a deck save. 
of 13 and so and i'm gonna i'm gonna flavor this as flaming swords so a a burst uh for, for a moment a this burst comes out for me and a circle of spectral blades sweep in a fiery circle okay. um, each creature within that range uh, must succeed on a dexterity saving throw or take 1d4 six force damage okay so how much uh, uh how far away sorry um it is uh five feet away Okay, so you could probably get the the Drake and three of the Kobolds. Yeah, that works. So, okay, gotta roll some dice. Hold on. Yep. And you say the DC what? Uh, thirteen. Okay, so the the first Kobold passes. Second passes. I'm rolling really well. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, fourth passes. That's a twenty. And then the Drake. Fourteen. <sighs> thirteen. Okay. Sorry, they all pass. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> Wesley's just unlucky. I am so sorry. Um, don't worry, all my rolls will be really bad after this, I promise. <laughs> um, so they all, they all manage to see what you're doing, and they, they start jumping out of the way, these things are like, whoa, 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 this guy is serious, get him! And so, the, the drake pounces on you, and it's going to try and knock you down. So this will be another strike check. I told you my bad rolls were going to be bad after this. Oh no. I have a nine. I got a natural one. Oh, okay. <laughs> so a two total. It, it jumps at me, and I manage to shrug it out of the way. Uh huh. Um, and it goes behind me. All right. So, okay. I'm not even gonna roll anymore because I just rolled a natural twenty. Okay. So <laughs> you jump out of the way, and you're like, "Ha! Ah, I did it!" And then you feel something really heavy connect to the back of your head, and you are instantly down. And then you hear something, and then you feel something else smack your head again. And you don't feel anything anymore. You feel nothing. You see nothing. And then all of a sudden, you're standing back where you were. Uh, and you're you're staring, watching these kobolds as they ransack the shop. But you you can't move, Wesley. Your feet are like stuck to the ground. But you look down to see what's keeping there, and you see you. Eyes half-lidded, and your body is staring back at you. And in that moment, you realize you're dead. Well, maybe you don't see a tunnel, and you don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. In fact, you don't really see anything else. You're just kind of, your feet are just stuck in your body. What do you do? Well, as any reasonable person would do, I scream and freak out a lot <laughs> uh, and try and pull out my feet and do anything and everything I can to get out and like try and stop the kobolds and things, but all to no avail, I assume. Uh, unfortunately, all to no avail. Every time a kobold comes by and you try to grab him, your arms just go straight through him. Um... And you can't you can't detach your feet from your feet, and it's a weird sensation because you feel nothing, and yet you could feel you're attached. Um, and you watch helplessly as these kobolds and ambush drake just ransack this store, and then you see one of the kobolds holding that object. That what did you say it was a forearm length? Yeah, forearm length object with three gold bands around it. It's a really big tooth-looking thing. Big tooth-looking thing. You tried so hard to protect. 
And as you see the kobold start to leave, it twitches in its hand. The kobold looks down, confused, shrugs, and then starts meandering her way towards the door of the shop again. The object twitches again. And abruptly, you see one of the golden rings snaps off and hurls in your direction. The force of it impacts your left wrist and nearly dislocates your arm as your incorporeal body recoils in shock. A second ring snaps and flies towards you, impacting your right wrist just as hard as the first one. Searing hot pain overtakes you as you feel these golden bands turn into molten liquid, searing themselves into your spirit's arms. You look up just in time to see the third and final ring snap. It impacts your throat, and you fall backwards. You and your spirit form brace for an impact, but you don't feel it. Instead, you see black. A void of nothingness, followed by an ear-piercing roar. Four lights suddenly flash in the darkness. You look up and you see a dragon. No, no, wait, wait. Two, two dragons. No. Five? No, wait, hold on. It's a five-headed dragon. It looks at you and all five heads lunge towards you. You can't breathe. Water is now all around you. A light shining from above. Four, four lights. No, no, no. It's four lights. They're far away. So, so far away. Wait a second. You can't. You uh, you can't breathe, Wesley. You can't breathe. You start to panic, and as your as your body starts clawing its way, trying to find purchase and send any sort of water, suddenly you can breathe again. But there's chains around your arms and around your neck and around your legs. They dig into your flesh, and it hurts so much. You see those four lights shine above you, but one, something's wrong with one. It's dimming. Why, why is it dimming? Five heads again, all staring at you, mocking you, taunting you. But three, three, three of them look wrong. They're sagging. No, no. Hold on, no. Their bodies are sagging. But wait, they're not sagging. You're sagging. You're melting into the ground. You look around for help and see those four lights again. Actually, they're, they're starting to look like people. You see four people standing beside you, but one is dim. So, so dim, as if it's dying. He's dying. And then, you're standing in front of the sanctuary of Chantea. It's dark outside, but a large fire behind the building's walls illuminates three bright figures standing over a man on the ground. The man isn't moving, and the light around him is dim. And then, it's gone. And you turn to look around, and you see the man on the ground, but also that man standing next to you. Real sad, ain't it? Uh, yeah, um, that was you on the ground there, wasn't it? You're dead. Yep, certainly looks that way. Am I dead? Not yet. Right, so there I was, drifting off to my eternal reward, and this old fart of a golden drake stopped me and said somebody needed a hand. I can only assume that's you. He said it was time to seize your destiny as Keeper of the Fang or some such. Lots of flowery language and whatnot, but the gist is you gotta get it back from the folks who took it, else some real bad stuff is gonna happen. Doom, destruction, the whole lot. 
No, I figure that's a lot to shove on a young kid like you on his lonesome. So I says I know some folks here who can help you out. So here I be. Here you be. And here they be. They're good people. Izzy there has been me, been with me through thick and thin. Nearest I got to a sister there. Don't know the others as well, but they got good heads for when things get rough, and they'll see you through it. But but where do I even start? But what was all that? Was did that that golden Drake? Was that was that Agmar Cree? The golden dragon? Did he send you to talk to me? It's... It's just so much. <laughs> Don't worry about it, kid. I, I'm sure you got it. You'll figure it out. You're smart. Well, I gotta get going. I can hear them big trees calling, you know. But you gotta do one thing for me. You look out for Izzy and help her find my brother, Jaden. The cult of the dragons got him. And from the sound of things, they got this fang of yours, too. Good luck, kid. The figure turns around and starts walking towards the keep. It takes about ten steps, and then it disappears. Wait, wait, don't go! And as you say that, you feel that searing hot pain in your wrist and on your neck again. And you look down, and all of a sudden, those, those golden rings snap again and fly off in the in a southeast direction and then you wake up and you are on fire celestine yep that medicine check you had what was that number again that was a 23 this fire (laughs) he's not on fire but he is suffering from severe heat stroke you he needs help immediately uh don't go ah ah i've got to get ah and one summer camp experience what do you do Uh, (laughs) lots of water right (laughs) yeah water ice under the armpits take take off the clothes you know okay i'm gonna tell the girl to uh go get water and cool water if possible immediately and um cloths okay i can do that help somebody i need i need cold water and cloths and she runs off um wesley you recognize erica you recognize Erica, and she is she's running off, uh, and you see a a blonde-haired middle-aged woman standing over you, and you've never seen her before, but you can tell by the symbol around her neck, right? Uh, yeah, she has the symbol of uh, Saint Tempest around her neck. She's also got a symbol of Tempest on her one of her shoulders, and she has an odd skull shaped image on her other shoulder, on her pauldrons. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, Wesley, see her. You don't recognize her at first, but you start remembering this the vision or death, near-death experience that you just had, and you start remembering the forms of the people that the, the person whose dim light told you about, and you recognize her light as one of those three that were standing over that body. This is one of those people that the guy who stopped you uh, in your dream told you to stay with. So I think that he's been like uncontrollably shaking and, you know, sweating and all these kinds of things. And then 
on that realization, he stops. Like, you. You were there. Like, um, I've been in a lot of places, honey. Uh, let's try to get you cooled off now. You, you were in my dream. And there, there were others. Honey, I'm... I better only be in one man's dream. That's going to be my husband. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry up, Quill. They're getting away. When a band of heroes begin an adventure, Salem the Chaos Bard will be there. Someone has to write it down, you know. We have Henley, a ranger with a haunted past. Boudreaux, a shaman on the search to save his family. Lila and Garatha, two people in a struggle to find peace in one mind. Roscoe, ready to blaze the trail and prove his worth. And Fenrir, who is looking for his big story to be a part of. And we are here to tell it, Quill, in Tomes of the Chaos Bard, a family-friendly, fantasy-focused actual play podcast with original songs and music. Come, Join us as we unroll the scroll to tell the tale. <laughs> Solemn am I, clever and sly. Solemn the chaos bard. Hi folks, Ashlyn here with a quick announcement. From everyone here at Powerward Crit, we want to thank you for listening and supporting the show. And just like adventurers who sometimes need a little help with fighting the BBEG, we need your help too. By telling your friends about Powerward Crit, not only will it give you a DM inspiration, but it'll also help me, I mean you, to level up to 20. So, here's the plan. Between episode releases, each person who tweets about the show and uses the hashtag PowerWordCrit will give you a shout-out in an upcoming episode. Thanks, and on with the show. <laughs> so, Izzy, you see, uh, as, as you were writing this uh, letter, you do see Celestine following a panicked girl and then the panicked girl coming out saying, help, I need, I need cold something. Someone please help. What do you do? Um, so I haven't actually finished writing the letter at this point. At this point, you would have. Yeah. Okay. Um, maybe I'm just cleaning up the mess I made because I had like <laughs> uh, crumpled up a few papers that were yeah. horribly, awfully written. Like I totally misspelled things. Drafts I, one through seven. Th right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Izzy is just distraught. Um, and she's going to hear this plea for help. And she's going to get up and uh, try to take a deep breath and approach her and say, yes, there, there's what's going on. I need I need cold uh, towels or ice or something. Um, My friend, he he's being treated by a cleric, but uh, the. Uh, All I, right, let, let's go Izzy? find Escobar. Can I see um, Izzy through the door? You can see Izzy through the door, yeah. Izzy, water, ice, rags. All right. Um, <laughs> I th you've got a good head on your shoulder. I, I know you'll be fine. I, I'm going to go look for Escobar. Uh, Hello! Did you need <laughs> me? <laughs> I just think him with his, his name, name and he appears. And he was like right behind you the whole time. <laughs> I mean, that's not creepy at all. No, <laughs> not at all. He's um, the Castellan. It's his job. <laughs> yes, Escobar, uh, we... C could you help me get some uh, towels uh, and some cool water and ice? Uh, apparently, there's someone in the infirmary who desperately needs it. Of course, of course. I'm right on it. And I'm immediately... going to follow him because I'm going to help him. <laughs> All right. So he immediately does. Uh, he immediately starts wandering off. You follow him. This girl uh, also follows you. And she says, I'm so sorry. Normally, I 
normally I don't panic, but I just, I don't know what's happening to him. I saw I, him unconscious. I'm going to put my hand on her shoulder and I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. We're, we're going to help him. Okay. Okay. And uh, after a few minutes pass, uh, you manage to grab a, like a bucket of ice and quite a few towels that have been wetted and cold, uh, you know, doused cold, in the doused ice and cold. I don't know. Some, someone may have done like a ray of frost on it to cool it <laughs> off. Who knows? Um, magic. It is just, that a cantrip? I hope it's a cantrip. Frostbite? I don't know. Ray yeah. of frost is, I think. Yeah, it is. Okay. Might, yeah. <laughs> so like, they don't do be that. wasting spell slots on this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Somebody did frostbite or ray of frost. You're not entirely sure, but somebody... Somebody Something. did it. I'm not very magical. Yeah. And you walk in to see a young boy about 18, 19 years old and Celestine, you know, trying to calm him down and things like that. Mm-hmm. And- All right. I'm going to uh, take the bucket and thank you, Escobert. And no problem. <laughs> and then he rushes out. All right. And I will <laughs> I will approach Celestine with the uh, bundle of uh, wet cloths and the ice water. And I will say, what do you need? How can I help? Like, okay, um, I need you to cool him off. You need ice. Um, put a cool rag on his forehead. Put some ice behind his ba- uh, his uh, neck, under his arms. I'm going to take the cloths that uh, have been soaked in the ice water, wring them out a little bit, place them on uh, the young man's forehead, um, under his neck, probably in the armpits, and on his wrists, um, his ankles, any of the... Uh, pressure points that I'm aware of that uh, are most sensitive to hot and cold um, to help cool them down and any extra cloths that I might have I'll just drape them wherever like his stomach or his legs arms whatever um, and kind of uh, switch out the cloths as needed as they get too hot and need to be reapplied with cold cloths okay so this, uh, uh, Wesley, the coldness feels real good. Yeah, right. <laughs> you didn't realize you were burning up until you woke up. Yeah. Um, and pretty delirious and such, I bet. So. Also a symptom of heat stroke, I believe. Some hallucinations. He's, t- mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's babbling about some vision quest or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to go to the southeast. <laughs> <laughs> the bands told me. <laughs> <laughs> were they heavy metal bands were they <laughs> rock bands anyway so uh and about an hour passes in the fever and you start to cool down and you feel much better during this time you guys see the keep doors open periodically and you see more people being shepherded inside um the, it looks like what's happening is that Governor Nighthill is, uh, again, sending out these small troops to grab people, to bring them back, to find more able-bodied people, to send them back out again, to take back mm-hmm. the town. After a few... I would say after a couple hours at this point, uh, the governor walks in and he goes, Oh, there you guys are. I wanted to give you an update since you've helped so much. Usarker's been helping us deploy and strategize and everything. He's good at that, I've noticed. He's very, very good at it. He's helping us deploy and send out troops and things like that. Uh, I just wanted to let you know that it looks like the vast majority of the cult has left. And it looks like once the siege left that they've been slowly... We've either either run them out or they've uh, slowly been leaving. And at this point that you guys know, it's about 2, 2 2.30 a.m. 
Oh, it's been a long day. We are day. tired. Oh, it's been a long day. It's been a very long day. Yeah. Long night. Yeah. You also see um, a bunch of very strong men and women grab a portion of the wall that's just right in the middle of that common area, that outdoor common area. Mm-hmm. And they they heave it up and they're trying to trying to move it so it's not blocking, you know, flow of traffic because it's really in the way and it's starting to get real crowded in here. Uh, he says, we, even though they're leaving, we don't know if they're coming back. So we're trying to bring people inside just in case. That um, That's smart. That's a, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Uh, so far, it doesn't look like they, they're going to retaliate anymore. Uh, I, but I am kind of worried about, I, I don't know, did you meet a champion at the sanctuary at all? I mean, there was this really mean jerk who killed Kurt. Yeah, he was called the Dragon Claw. Was that what he called himself? I... But he didn't say champion. No, Le- Leosin called him Dragon Claw. I oh, don't know if that right. was his name, though. But no one said anything about champion. And we definitely didn't see Lady Mondoth. Uh, I don't... I'm worried. I, I don't I don't know if I, we should let our guard down, if we should send people back. Uh, I, d- I don't know I think what you, to do. People should probably stay the night. Uh, just find a place to bed down. You should probably have some guards out, just in case. Um... Also, uh, can I get some healing? I'm still feeling really hurt. Oh, uh, of course, of course. I oh, think we've oh, got yes, some. That. I think I think we've got some health potions still. Uh, ho- hold on. Um, still at what any hit point? And he <laughs> says, oh no, <laughs> we're quite the pair. <laughs> and he says, Escobert, yes, sir. Oh my gosh, I love it. He's just and <laughs> like he's in front of the governor at this point. He's not teleporting, but he's just there. Are you sure he's not teleporting? You're not sure? You want to do an arcana check? No. Okay. <laughs> Who knows at this point? He goes, yes, sir. Uh, do we have any other health potions left? Uh, if we do, please grab uh, as many as you can and bring them here. And he goes, yes, sir. And he runs off. In the meantime, it's very quiet. Wesley, you're feeling much better that you can stand now at this mm-hmm. point. You don't think there's going to be any... Celestine, you don't think there's going to be any lasting effects. Heat stroke is very dangerous, but it's kind of confusing how he got heat stroke. Yeah, it's not that hot. And, I mean, you kind of need sun, usually. That usually helps. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of nighttime. I really... I'm very confused what happened. Uh, yeah, he's just zoning out. <laughs> At and taking point. a short rest. Yeah, at some <laughs> okay. point when things have calmed down like a lot more, I'd probably ask you what happened. Um, so I think that um You get two health potions, by the way. Sweet. So there it's two, two each, each or one each. Or one. Uh two each. Yes. And two D four plus two. <laughs> so four D four plus four. <laughs> yeah. Is it 44 or 2d4? It's 2d it's 2d4 plus 2 for a single health potion. Oh, got it. Sorry. But I'm I saying underst- combining I it 4d4 plus 4. I understand what you're doing now. Math. <laughs> <laughs> Math. <laughs> so, uh, Wesley, what did you say you were going to do? Um, yeah, so I think that um, he had been you know, si- you know, s- sitting on the bed and Buttercup was nearby, or Erica. Erica Buttercup, that is her name. Wesley mm-hmm. and Buttercup, yes. I did that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yes, you did. Um, 
but and he's like oh, thank thank you Erica yeah for for getting me out I don't know I I would have died I thought I had died she immediately launches herself at you and wraps you in a big hug and she said I didn't I didn't know what was going on and mom and dad they didn't make it and I couldn't lose you too it's okay now it's okay now they're gone okay okay and she's she won't she's not letting you go yeah. at this moment so um are we getting one party member or are we getting two party members I'm just wondering here <laughs> are you guys a package deal <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't planning on taking Erica with us. <laughs> oh, this that, is there. Hello, you know. DMPC. I have arrived. <laughs> I mean, it could be a thing. Um, Prepare for the tears. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, dear. No. Erica's got a, a very good career ahead of herself here in the, the Sanctuary of Gentia. Um, so she will probably remain. Mm-hmm. Um, and she seems like she has a level head on her shoulders when she's not... Under complete and utter distress and everything. You know, losing her family. And her town. And you know, the more that you're seeing people come into the sanctuary or into the keep, I mean, even the most level-headed people seem to be, like, breaking down or having minor panic attacks. Like, this is very traumatic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's it's not like everyone's like, oh, you know, we're getting attacked by a dragon. It's like, oh, my gosh, there's a dragon. Uh And, like... Yeah, and if you've ever seen, oh, yeah. like, uh, emergency responders, like, during, like, natural disasters, they, a lot of them have to take time. They work for a few minutes, and they have to take time and mm-hmm. and de-stress because it's just so it's, overwhelming. And that's what's going yeah. on here. It's really, like, a, a, a disaster that's happened yeah. That's happened in Green Nest. Celestine has to remind herself of that occasionally. Like, uh, it's been a long time, but she... She's had very, very similar experiences. So, I mean, it's been a while, but things like this bring it back and bring it home. That, uh, yeah, she's lost a, she's lost her homeland, hometown too. So, mm-hmm. this is very, very reminiscent. Not quite the same, but very reminiscent. And you, and you see a lot of people acting the same way. Um, so, to answer Celestine's directed question, oh yes, um, of you, know, what happened? Um, I think that he, he you know, realizes like, oh, yes, um, sorry, I didn't mean to ignore you. Um, but my my family's shop was attacked and I, I was trying to prevent them from stealing our, our sacred artifact and, and trying to repel them and I was hit from behind. Um... Thank you for, thank you both for helping me, all, all of you for helping me get back. Um, but while I was unconscious, I this was this will sound really weird, but I saw you, uh. both of you, and another, and a very a very big man, and I spoke to him. And he seemed like he was a friend of yours. Um, and I gestured to Izzy, and he, he spoke very highly of you and called you his sister. Izzy's going to start crying again, because <laughs> that's all she's going to do this night. 
she tells you she's gonna hug you. <laughs> like it's been, uh, yeah, yeah. She'll just she'll cry and she's like, "You talked to Kurt." I I didn't get his name, but I I guess so. Um, he he had a a lot to say and um gave gave me a message from Golden Dragon. Yeah, weird. I know. Yeah, um, I, but I don't know what that is. But I have something that I need to do, and Kurt said that I can help you, and you can, you all can help me. I need to get back the Fang of Agmar Kree. Um, it's it's a legendary artifact that we've, my family's been taking care of for generations. It, it's you know something that you know we don't advertise, obviously, um, but it's it's really important. And on my first night of watching over it, I lost it. Um, those kobolds took it. I really need to get it back. Otherwise, there's... Greenus is in for a, a heck of a lot more trouble than it's already had. Um, and I'm supposed to help find a brother... Jaden? You really did talk to Kurt. And Izzy stops crying. <laughs> <laughs> What does this thing look like? Do you even know where to begin looking for it? Like, so Celestine, we're we're gonna help him, right? Like he talked to Kurt. Um, Celestine had actually not thought a lot about what was going on after <laughs> after this, <laughs> but um, no, she'll she's definitely gonna help you find Jaden because you you obviously need help, and she's a little concerned about what's going on with this dragon cult thing, and she's realizing she probably needs to read up a little bit on dragons and figure out what's going on because now she's heard of she at least I think it was somewhat familiar with Tiamat. Is that okay? Making sure that was common knowledge. Um, Kayla has never heard of a. Agmar Kree. So I don't know if Celestine has heard of that. Go ahead and make a history check. And I'm going to say with disadvantage. <laughs> okay. Uh, so not quite common knowledge. Here we go. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, no Bahamut. Yeah, we're just going to go with low. <laughs> no. <laughs> You've never heard okay. of Agmar Kree before. Okay. Sounds good. So yeah, um, Celestine, as soon as we get to, yeah, dragon books, that's our <laughs> list. Mm. So library, yes. <laughs> we'll have a library adventure soon. Yes, exactly. Library episode, <laughs> right after the shopping episode, uh, right? Oh my gosh, that's what I was going to say. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but yes, she t- Celestine tells Izzy, yes, of course, we've got to save, we've got to save Jaden, and it sounds like mass destruction if we don't find this Bang. What does it look like again? What that is, is it? That is a good question. Um, so it, it is a, a long fang. The, the legend passed down to my family is that it, it is from an ancient dragon from the, the, the Age of Legends, um, who was a general in the Dragon Wars. Okay. Um, the Agmar Kree. And, and when, when it was given to my family, it was said that as long as someone from their bloodline held on to the thing, then 
they and their land would prosper, and if it was ever to be lost, then their land would be lost and much doom and destruction and such. Oh, yeah, and I'm still not sure what this thing is. Is it like a stick or the two, a stone? A fang. A fang, a literal fang of a dragon, if the legend says it's true. Hmm. Okay then. Oh, a fang. So it's a two. Okay. Got it. I kept F-A-N-G. hearing thing. F A N G. It's a fang. Yeah, the thing. The thing of Admar Cree. <laughs> it's this thingamabob. You know Sorry, the thing I was like, wait, that. what? Fang. As you guys are discussing this, about another hour goes by. It's about 3.30 in the morning. Oh, my. And everybody's adrenaline that they've been living off of for the last, you know, six hours or so is starting to wear off. And people are looking extremely tired. And, like, the shock of everything is starting to go. The keep is very, very crowded now because a lot of people from the town are are back. And as you... As you start thinking, okay, this is this is it. Everyone go ahead and make a perception check. All three of you. I feel like mine be at disadvantage because Celestine's tired. She is not a young woman sure, anymore. Sure, you can impose disadvantage on yourself. It just feels appropriate Ooh. at this point. She's just exhausted. This is my first roll with one of my new dice. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> Use the portal one. Ashlyn has very fancy dice. I they are do. like brass. And inlaid with oh, those what is it? The that's like rainbow fluorite, so it's like green and purple, but yeah. there's some added sparkle to it. They're really neat. I love them. <laughs> okay. All Ooh, right. and they rolled really well for me. Good. Celestine, what'd you get? I got a four. Okay, Wesley. I'm thinking of that bed. It's like <laughs> I need sleep. I have a total of twenty. Okay. Oh good. Uh, Izzy. My companions. So here. with my perception bonus of zero, I have a nineteen. All right. Oh, so good. My companions yeah, can well. hear things. <laughs> <laughs> so Celestine, you're dreaming about that bed that you purchased that you have not been able to use at all. <laughs> that is true. That is really... Mm. It may not even exist anymore. You're not sure. And that's, that's very true. upsetting. That is. That is very upsetting. <laughs> oh, yeah. The bed at the inn. Yes. That was so long ago. (laughs) (laughs) Quite literally. It was literally like nine episodes ago. (laughs) Which for us in real time was like, what, three months? A while ago, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) So, however, uh, Izzy and Wesley, you hear the sound of banging. At first, it's just kind of like, uh, I don't know, maybe some kids playing on a drum or something. But it's getting louder. And it's not coming from inside the keep. And you hear boom, boom, boom. What do you do? I'm going to go investigate. All right. So uh, I'm going to pop off the bed and do so too. Like there's there's a booming sound, Celestine. We should go investigate. Er- Erica, you stay <laughs> here. You, you, you have to stay safe. We can't sleep until we know for sure that the danger is gone. <laughs> It's we true. can't. We can't lose anyone else. We've already lost Kurt. We can't lose anyone else. Besides, mm-hmm. it's true. She gets up. <laughs> so Wesley, up you her warhammer, or are you staying inside? In hindsight, he he actually probably would stay. Okay, yeah. and that's fine. Yeah. So Izzy and uh, you managed to convince Celestine to <laughs> to get up. I need someone who can. It didn't uh, take too much. Be my tank. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't take too much to convince her, but. She, yeah. 
Um, as you as you leave the room, it's louder, and you notice that other people are kind of looking around, like, "What? What is that?" And the sound is coming from the southeast. So you guys, oh, really? well, what what do you do at this point? Let's go. It's getting louder. Wall. So it's not like it's coming from in like at the keep door. It's coming from beyond. So the, the town? keep door is facing west. Okay. It's coming from the southeast. Okay, I'm gonna climb up to the oh my gosh parapet up there. Yeah, or? the parapet. Mm-hmm. I was like that thing <laughs> that we had a struggle saying. Parapet. <laughs> yes, the paraffin parapet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to climb up to the parapet and I'm going to look southeast and see if there's anything. Southeast. Was it southeast? Yeah. yeah I, I'm just saying like, oh, oh. Mm-hmm. that's where the ring's set to go. Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. true, true. Yep. I'm going to look towards the southeast direction, see if there's anything that I can actually see that's making that booming sound. All right. So you and, and Celestine, along with a few other people, uh, climb up to the top. And you look out and you see torches. And you hear, you are correct. You were correct before. It does sound like it's a drum. But it kind of sounds like one of those drums to keep in time because people are marching. Oh, no. Yeah. I I wondered. Celestine's familiar with these types of uh, drums. Yeah. At this point, Celestine, you can now hear it. Dang it. Are they also chanting? (laughs) Yes, yeah, they're totally <laughs> chanting. Yeah, that they're. Oh, totally I thought it was more like we are marching on behalf of Tiamat, Tiamat, Tiamat. <laughs> Some are doing that, yeah. So, like, you hear the drone of the Abafuabiaba, and then it's you the hear the kobolds doing the the funny one, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> some of the cultists seem to be doing it. You hear some hu- humanish voices doing that. But, okay, okay. Uh, anyway, so you hear the drums coming from the southeast and just, and you just watch them and it's a big group and you see cultists and kobolds and you see these like flying dragon-like creatures. They don't look like the drakes and they don't quite look like the dragons. Celestine and Izzy, go ahead and make a nature check. Mm. Not as good. Eight. Uh-oh. Eight. Yep. <laughs> I use different eight. dice this time. Maybe that's why. <laughs> Two. Ooh, All right. You're not quite. You're not quite sure what these. Dice. <laughs> I have to have four. <laughs> <laughs> so you uh, you can't quite. You don't really know what these are. You've never really run into them. It's also really dark, but you can tell that they can fly because because uh, no. four of them suddenly raise their wings and and kick off and they they fly over the keep and you see that they're kind of this brownish color as they fly over and they've got these long tails with stingers at the end of them oh okay. and they kind of do like they kind of do like a like a flying v formation over oh. and everyone's just just watching and confusion and some are scared and you hear someone goes wyverns they have wyverns and uh, suddenly like anyone who is not able body is just starts running into into doors and into the rooms and someone's trying to get into the basement um I'm getting out my longbow good 
That's a good thing to do. Um, we're gonna couple javelins and uh, yeah, <laughs> and go find that my trusty javelin stand. Mm-hmm. And then you see a fifth wyvern now coming from behind, and it's carrying this very, very tall creature. And you see it touch down in front of this group, and it looks up, and it looks like a miniature blue dragon. It looks up at everybody on the wall and grins. And that's where we're going to end the session. Uh, the champion oh makes no, his appearance. I'm like, ah, dang it. Ah! You get the champion. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Power Word Crit. Stay tuned for more adventure on PowerWordCrit.com or your favorite podcast streaming site. We'd like to end this episode with a little fun thing we call PS. We hope you enjoy it. And did you know she put the coin on the ground? The nerve of that child. Who does she think she is? Forcing poor old ladies to bend over with bad hips. And then to make today worse, these little kobolds kept stealing my jewelry and tried to take my cane. <sighs> did, did you just yawn at me, Captain? Um, no, no ma'am. That's the problem with youngsters these days. They think that they know everything already and refuse to listen to their dear old mothers just looking out for them. Goodness gracious, can this day get any worse? Come in already. Uh, Governor Nighthill asked me to, uh, bring Madame Helgren some tea? Finally! Finally! Why did this take so long? It's been ages since you left for the kitchen. Um, it's only been ten minutes, ma'am. Bring it here, bring it here. My poor hip is acting up because of that darned blue woman and those idiotic kobolds. Who invited them into this town anyways? Back in my day, we would never allow kobolds to just run freely in the streets. And where do you think you're going, Captain? I, I have urgent captain-y things to do, my lady. Um, very urgent. Super. Duper. Very, very, very urgent. Well, if you're leaving, who will keep me safe? I can't defend myself with this bad hip, you know. Well, ma'am, this strapping young lady is one of my best subordinates. She will protect you with her life. Please, sir, anything but this. If we survive tonight, I'll promote you a rank and give you an extra week of leave. Make it three weeks and a new crossbow. What are you two whispering about? Dear, just giving her some instructions, my lady. Uh, pardon my leave, but I must go. Quickly. Goodbye. Thank you for the tea, my dear. At least someone has the decency to help a poor old woman in her time of need. Unlike some people, like that blue woman and her audacity to cut my pocket and force me to bend down with my bad hips. Uh -huh.